Welcome to the Watch OK Please podcast, a podcast where three friends try to convince each other to devote what little time they have left to watch more TV and or movies than they've ever wanted to watch. Please join us while we argue about our media cues and waste everyone's valuable time on things that just don't matter. Hey, watchers, it's Nine, and thank you for joining us on another episode of the Watch OK Please podcast. First up, Scott and I give Dan our feedback on the show The Expanse, which is available on Prime Video. My audio seemed to cut out when we were talking about a wrench during this feedback segment. So as a heads up, just to clarify, the thing that I was cut out was me mentioning a dog clip, you know, the kind of clip that you use for dog leashes. So please remember that for later and don't worry because it, the payoff for uh, remembering this will be very, very small. Later in the episode, Scott keeps us up way past our bedtimes when he pitches the limited series Midnight Mass, which is available on Netflix. As always, if you're enjoying or hating any part of this podcast, please rate and view us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also hit us up on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook pages as we do monitor those outlets. Finally, feel free to give us leave us a voicemail or of, uh, with a pitch of a show or a movie you want, to wa- want us to watch, or even just general comments about the show on our Anchor page at anchor.fm slash watch okay please all right watchers let's give this nonsense a shot all right we are back to talk about the expanse it is a series uh, currently available on amazon prime and i'm here to find out from nine scott so what'd you think Nyan, since you are not as much of a sci-fi fan, I'm very interested to hear what you thought. Really? I, I was going to say, because because you are more of a sci-fi fan, I wanted to hear what you thought, but <laughs> I, I'll, I'll jump in. <laughs> I mean, I'll I, do I, it. I, I had a feeling that was going to happen. If you want to hear the nonsense that, that I have to spout about this show, but yeah, okay, let's do that. Um, Here we go. All ears. All right. Well, let's start from the title of the first episode, Dulcinea. Boom. <laughs> because I, I had my immediate Leonardo DiCaprio from uh, Django Unchained moment where I said, first you had my curiosity, but when I found out the first episode of The Expanse shares the same name as uh, uh, as a Toad the Wet Sprocket album, now, well, now you have my attention. So <laughs> I, my first thoughts were, is this space law and order? Um, this was confusing <laughs> to me. I, I'm not, not being a sci-fi guy, it, it unfortunately fell I, I fell flat for me because I, I know it's it's a good show. It's clearly got good production values. I think this is going somewhere. I'm just it, is this just Firefly with a better budget? I was I was worried. I wanted to see if TV's Nathan Fillion had a hotline that I could call to report the show. Um, turns out he doesn't. And just from the beginning, with all that Chiron exposition, I was I just it was not not working for me. Except I did appreciate the fact that this is the version of space where someone might be able to hear you scream uh, because we all heard that screaming. Uh, so I, it wasn't it was I uh, so I'd enjoy it for a bit of a camp actor and then um, just ending asking random stupid questions. And I'm jumping a little a bit of a head. But this wasn't it didn't grab me the way I wanted it to. I felt bad because it, it seems like it should be a good show. But it, it begs questions like, if they don't have air, why can't they just ask Cohagen for it? <laughs> why wouldn't you just say Cohagen, give these people the air, and then Cohagen <laughs> might do it? Yeah. 
and I know we're not getting into the plot as much, but I just I, I appreciate that they're in some in a a form of a wretched hive of scum and villainy. I know it's not a cantina, but it, it just it didn't it didn't quite work for me. In, so you're saying uh, you're basically saying these aren't the belters you're looking for. No, they were. not <laughs> I mean, between like the 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 white guy with like the South African accent, who I every once in a while I was like, is that Chet Hanks? Like, <laughs> I just and then I don't know. Every once in a while, like I would get back on board when they were space boning, like when they, when they, when they boned in like midair, that was cool. And then when Breaking Bad's uncle showed up. Like randomly, like Jonathan Banks, who I, I mean, I like, but I was just like, oh no, it's Breaking Bad's uncle. And <laughs> I, was just, I, I didn't, I, I, I was hoping the writing got better, but then I got kind of bored. I apologize for that. And, and then, and then part of me was like, oh, I understand why Dan likes this because it says Earth and Luna. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure he thinks this is what about one of his cats. <laughs> um, I, I, and I do appreciate the fact that Brian George was in this because he was also in episode one of The Orville. Right, true. I love that he shows up in sci-fi now all the time, um, and I will bleep that out later because I shouldn't have cursed. However, ultimately, like you know, despite Kristen Bell the, uh, or, or almost Kristen Bell as the navigator being hanging around, <laughs> like who turns out to also be named Kristen, it's yeah. it's, I mean, it's crazy. And and Thomas Jane going full let me caution, like at least that first episode, I was not as interested. I, I think my notes read as. Uh, Thomas Jane's going full Lemmy Caution. And actually I actually have an exp- explanatory note for Scott. Scott, do you know who Lemmy Caution is? Not at all. Okay. So Lemmy Caution was a fic- uh, fictional FBI agent, private, de- private detective that started off as novels in the 30s and then moved on to radio and film. And the the most, uh, so he's like a, just a fictional character. He showed up in a bunch of stuff. Um, originally written by a, a British uh, novelist, but then only has appeared, the, the characters only appeared in non-English uh, film. Uh, so the, then the, the the film that always pops up for me is uh, Jean-Luc Godard's Alphaville and that um, where he plays like definitely not the, you know, the, the, the original Lemmy Caution from the novels, but sort of a different older hardboiled detective. I, I was like, Thomas Jane is going there eventually, but it felt a little cliche because he's like, he doesn't take care of himself and he, he's, he's so troubled. And then I suddenly felt like, wait, I could change him. I bet he's got a heart of gold. And then I realized that's how every terrible relationship starts. And maybe we should just call the show Space Dicks. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that, that, that was, that was, those are my notes for the first episode. What do you think, Scott? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I, the thought also occurred to me that someone just forgot to tell Thomas Jane that he was not in a 1940s detective show. <laughs> oh, so you were thinking, let me caution too. Yes, without even not, not even thinking, not, not even knowing it, right? Yeah, without even knowing about it. Yeah, yeah, because it just seemed very odd that he's the only person dressed like that in the whole uh, in the in the episodes that we watched, at least. Um, but I and I do agree with you, nine. Great production value, good effects, and I also like. I got the feeling the story was going to some cool places, but I think in two episodes it was just a little tough to see that. Uh, I really would have liked to have seen maybe the next episode uh, to see what happens when they board the Martian ship, Martian ship. And the, there was, it seemed like they're also going for like some political intrigue stuff with this like antagonism between earth and Mars. uh, 
it, it, it goes it goes in all directions basically. So that, that this is kind of like I, I was trying to like talk about when and during the pitch, I, I was trying to talk about this in a way where I wouldn't directly kind of you know go too far into it. But yeah, th- there's there's tension in all different directions basically, um, and a lot of it has to do with. Uh, gen- I mean, there there are some real gripes and real you know grudges that are to be had. There's also a little bit a lot of generalization and a lot of you know. Um, Kind of almost race war kind of level kinds of uh, of levels of conflict in this. So yeah. Huh. Wow. But at least, am I correct, Dan, that there are no aliens in the show? Or maybe not. Or maybe there are. I. 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 I again, uh, I, I cannot confirm or deny if it, if if we're, if we're not doing spoilers. Um, but okay. If we are doing okay. spoilers, I'd be happy to answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, but yeah. So this is kind of like. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. This is kind of like a situation where uh, humans like have either, you know, Earth is overpopulated or like we destroyed the Earth, um, you know, climate change, etc. And people just started branching out into space. It, it's it's kind of it's kind of like that. It, it is a lot on the overpopulation bit for sure. I, I um, you know, there are obviously, you know, constraints. There's, you know, finite amount of resources, obviously, on Earth, so to speak. And it's also there's also, you know, when you talk about space colonization as opposed to exploration, the kind of the, the, the stage beyond exploration, if you will, you know, it becomes more like the wild, wild west here and that, you know, people see it as an opportunity. It's like a gold rush. Okay. There's resources on moons or asteroids. You know, I can make money, you know, yes, there's a lot of risk involved, but you know, there's a lot of potential. If I'm one of the first ones out there and I stake my claim, I can get this reward. So that's how it kind of started. And then, you know, you know, there's a lot of you know historical milestones and events that get kind of talked about over the course of the series, and whatnot. Uh, a lot of them have some of its technology, some of its other types of events that have occurred in in the past prior to the start of the series, and whatnot. But again, there's a lot of different things that has brought humanity to this point, and and, there, and there's decisions that have that you know benefit only certain groups and not other groups, or you know, and there's and all this kind of comes into place. So there's a lot of political environmental and other economical clearly i mean other things societal you know issues that kind of are pervasive throughout the series and they in turn cause issues and you know there are kind of proverbial powder kegs that exist so Hmm. Hmm. so in terms of proverbial powder kegs i did want to call in something which i'm after seeing it in episode two and then Thinking about what we would have done, Dan, I was amazed you continued with this series because there's that scene w- in episode two where uh-huh. someone loses a wrench yep. and it goes off into space. Uh-huh. And they didn't they didn't do what we had done in college. Okay, so background. 100%. Dan and I did a, a lot a, did a ton of lighting work in college for theaters, and we worked from heights, and one of the the, the main things you had to work with uh, when you're working for mites was a wrench and not wanting a wrench to randomly fall on someone from uh, 30 feet in the air, you would secure the wrench to your body by using a, um, that was tied, uh, tied to the wrench with a phone cord uh, where you'd snip the ends. You, you'd, you'd actually just take the, um, snip the actual connectors, tie the phone cord to the dog clip. You clip the dog clip to your belt and then tie the other end of the, uh, the phone cord to the wrench. They was all often just came together. You'd pick up a wrench from the, the electrical shop. And, and that way every, in the, in the off chance that 
you're working from a lighting grid, you're, you're 40 feet in the air, and your wrench slips out of your hand, it would be caught by the, the phone cord. And it, we're, we're, we're hundreds of years in the future, and suddenly no one has a dog clipper phone cord. And Eric Benson is going <laughs> to murder us all. Yes, he, <laughs> he is. Gonna, he is. Slap the crap out of both of us, and rightfully so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, and, then, and I feel like Lane would come in with the back with the backhand after that. One hundred percent. Yeah, fair, so, fair, that's fair. That's one hundred percent fair. I mean, the, again, the, 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 this is like what I talked about in the pitch about you know how this is a lot more realistic as opposed to some of the kind of crazy ideas we have. In like the realm of Star Trek, you have internal dampening fields or systems or whatnot. And here, basically, you know, if you don't secure something, it 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 becomes a projectile weapon, and that's that's part of what that has to do. It's but but it's one hundred percent true. I mean, if if a technician you know, didn't want to go and secure this in a cabinet or or something like that or, or in foam or whatever the case is, then yeah, uh, I think a core would have been ultimately better because at least it would it would come back to them. On the downside, it could also come back to them and whack them in the face. So <laughs> that's true. But, but yeah, we're yeah, also yeah, living in a, in a world where space whiskey defies the laws of gravity. Like yes. it'll just wind all over the place. And I realized that yeah. that was inside, like a, a contained vessel, as opposed right. to outside in space. But just contrasting the 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 wrench going in the middle of nowhere, probably hitting Sandra Bullock in the face at some point in time, because yep. the wrench will go through a wormhole um, and and then smack her in gravity. But um, the fact that whiskey just flows through the air like uh, wistfully and ends up in your glass was interesting and felt incongruent. Well, again, this is this is part of when you're in a zero G environment. This is one of the many different things here. That's why, it, like I said, it's they, they definitely had at least some degree of consultants that worked on the, on this to really understand. Okay, well, what would happen if? If this would happen, this is the reason why you know when you use the bathroom in space, there's a whole system and way of doing that because you don't want stuff just floating in the air. Uh, so it's like it's the same kind of idea. So it always like intrigues me. Okay, well you know, you know, what are things to look like in the future if we don't have the three seashells, for example? <laughs> it's a, or we lack Taco Bell, which is also a concern. Also okay. a concern, a very large concern. Well, don't they have artificial gravity? They do again. They do artificial gravity on on some ships, yes. So and you know, and it's all generated by you know that rotational element that you might see in a lot of other kind of comparative sci-fi vessels. Again, you don't always see it all the time, um, but it's usually something is something is rotating to generate that gravity and then disperse it through certain sections of the ship. But there's again, you know, when you're depending upon you know, you know that they immediately kill the power to that, for example, if you need to do something else that's very important in the ship. Like, for example, if you're in if you're in a dogfight, or if you're in, you know, uh, a situation where you require extra power, then what's one of the first things they kill? Because, you know, there's no, there's no, there's no, you know, matter, antimatter, deuterium uh, reaction in your warp core here, and, and you don't have other kinds of like you know uh kyber crystals or something else you know kind of powering everything this is you know this is good old good old-fashioned future futuristic fusion engines you know uh that are that are doing this process basically and then you know all the other uh, technology has to kind of slave to that in most cases so they have batteries too but obviously they're limited very limited Huh. And I assume in some episode in the near future, in the near future, we'll see Matt Damon from Elysium on that space station. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, 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 there's definitely a, a lot of, you know, kind of other, you know, you know, symbolic things that, you know, throw on to throw on to other 
other kinds of sci-fi series or other movies or whatnot for sure. I hundred percent see a lot of that. You know, and again, I, I, I do, I don't, I don't, you know, the, the novels obviously are, are, are older, but it, it's it's interesting to see how you know Arthur C. Clarke or other influences have come into this whole kind of realm here to give you what this is. And 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 and, and, and to both your points, you know, I do. 100% appreciate understand that the first two episodes might not have been enough to really kind of give you a full view on uh, how this is going to progress over time. And I, I definitely do appreciate that. You know, I also didn't want to, I also didn't want you to, to sit through, you know, you know, almost three hours basically worth of content, you know, at the same time, basically, because I, th- I think that, you know, you know, nine coming from the, the non-sci-fi kind of uh, way, I think that you would have had the hardest time getting through certain parts of it. But I think, you know, again, I think there is a lot of reward when it comes to the series over time, you know, and there are different shifts and turns and ways that they kind of break open the story even more over time. And so, like I said, I, I, I can't say that I think that, you know, the production values continue. I, I feel that the story gets really super amazing, especially by the, by the third season, which is where, you know, David Strathern, you know, shows up at whatnot. And so, uh, like I mentioned in the picture, whatnot. And, and I think that the, you know, you know, I, I would love to, you know, tell you, you know, watch another episode or two if you if you happen to have a chance and see it, how the story is progressing from there. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I, I kind of uh, I kind of feel that um, I do need to point out one other uh, item as far as far as uh, and, and I think that there's a quote that the actor, one of the actors in, 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 the, in the first two episodes here says in a different film uh, and this kind of might qualify how you feel about the series so far. That it's a, uh, uh, I'm going to try to do the accent here. Too much brains, not enough cocking balls. <laughs> so for those for, for those of you who watched the watched the first two things, Shed Garvey, who's one of the uh, the workers aboard the 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 the, the, the vessel the camp the camp there, is played by Paolo Costanzo, and Paolo Costanzo played Ruben from Road Trip. You know who becomes becomes one of the weed millionaires on the cover of High Times magazine in the future. So that's that that's. But I think that you know that's kind of where that's the first thing that that kind of messed with my head when I first started watching the series, though. Even but even beyond you know, sea wrenches falling and, and potentially hurting people and uh, other things like that. Wow. Okay. I I can't believe you you made it from space to road trip because uh, we brought up Euro trip <laughs> in other episodes and maybe sex drive but I, maybe not but wow we, we're just really we're really going through it with with, with terrible terrible comedies uh, so <laughs> I, I I appreciate that insight I'm almost thinking like as as you you describe this the um you know uh, the what I'm going to characterize as your defense of the show and, and it being something that maybe it needed a third episode, it might, might be worth uh, having a, a rule where we allow someone, we allow someone to go up to three hours worth of, uh, of, of content for a particular show if they feel it's warranted, but only like once every like six months or something. Yeah. That's, that, like, that's that, what, that might that's be fair. worth it. I was also playing around with the idea of a veto rule, but that's a, that could be another conversation for another day. That said, I think this is a decent show, and I think it gets better if, if Pershing Kathleen Turner lays off the smokes because I want her to live <laughs> through this series because she's pretty badass. Um, <laughs> she is badass. But yeah. ultimately, I think this gets to be a better show. For me, it, it, all, it 
it doesn't it doesn't pull me in because I guess it's for me it's the Babylon Five rule. Like I never got interested in Babylon Five, uh, <laughs> but I watched Deep Space Nine. I liked it. It was interesting enough, but I, and I could pop in and out of it. I was never fully engaged in Babylon Five, but I recognized it was a good show. I recognized I had, I had a uh, teacher in in high school named her dog after one of the characters. Babylon Five. Clearly, this is a good show, but I, it's not necessarily for me. It's not something that's going to uh, pull me forward, and I'm just going to make dumb jokes about it as i did earlier in this episode so did, did, she, did she name the dog garibaldi uh jacar actually oh jacar interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, that, that that could be uh uh you know racist in in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a funny way but yeah. oh, really yeah i was had not thought about it in that way well because that would be you're a shame because she was not racist she, she, you're saying that jacar's race if jacar is a dog then are all people of his race a dog and because they were, you know, that race was enslaved by the Centauri for so long, is that really a polite thing? And anyway, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> it's amazing you're married to someone. Like that's <laughs> that, that, that conversation, like that that line of thought right there. I was like, wow, somebody, someone married that. That's impressive. <laughs> God bless that woman. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, again, you you find out later that you know, you know, someone someone married certain characters in the series, and it was like, wow, interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, and yeah, I I feel like again there are greater things to uh, on the way, uh, and I would consider continuing to watch it, but the first the, the episodes that I saw just didn't pull me in all that much. Yeah, well, and you know, and and I appreciate everything you guys are saying. You know, I. I I'm currently thoroughly enjoying um, the final season. You know, we were told by a lot of the cast members that uh, uh, we're that the the ending will be very fulfilling. But they also hinted at another kind of vessel to deliver some of the remaining content that is not covered from the final novel uh, in the future. So it sounds like they, they may be heading for a either a big picture release or put some maybe uh, a movie. You know to be released directly to a network of some sort. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. And I, and I, and if I get time permitting, I'd love to go back and read up the novels because they do do some things a little bit differently. They, they combine a couple characters here and there, but you know, you know, it's, it's all good. You know, this is, this is why we're here. You know, we're, we're here to try different things, you know, and see, see how things bounce here and there, you know, and, you know, while, you know, in my, in, you know, in my, uh, one of the discord communities that I'm in, you know, the, the expanse is hugely hot. It's not hot for everybody. You know, and I think that that also reflects that, you know, that there's a it's reached a cult status amongst, again, I would say hard sci fi fans. But, you know, it hasn't really reached that public cult status for sure. So it definitely kind of reflects a larger kind of view of uh, the viewing public, I think. If, if nothing else, since this is on and prime video, I'm sure Jeff Bezos can find a way to make the public really want to watch this show because he's he's hooked us into everything else. Like, it's just a matter of time. Well, there is there is a character that gets that is a bit of a corporate person, that you know he you you, you kind of can see some kind of um, as I call ambitious elements in that character, and you might you might find some interesting correlations to certain you know I would call them eccentric CEOs and related uh, that exist out in the ether in a, in current day. Interesting. Cool. That kind of makes me. I don't know. I I might actually give this a shot every once in a while just to see how things kind of move for, forward. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little on the fence, probably leaning towards a no for me, unfortunately, while recognizing this is 
a well done series, clearly well thought out. This is maybe not something that's that's fully up my alley. Kind of what I thought. Scott. Oh yeah, um, like I said before, it's uh, certainly something I could see myself watching more of, but uh, in, unfortunately, it's, it's going to have to compete with quite a few other things right now. <clears throat> uh, I, I hear that, you know, you, you know, you, you know, that's, we're here, we're here to expand ah. tastes, <laughs> as, as you might say, uh, Scott. Yes. But, uh, that that's clearly what you thought. <laughs> You're cut off. That is what we thought. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, no. Thank you for, for recommending it, Dan. It was cool. Hey, everyone. So this is Scott, and I'm here with my next show recommendation. And shockingly, it is not an animated show, not a kid's show, a teen <laughs> show, or a sci-fi show, amazingly. Um, so I don't know. Well, I do know. I'll tell you exactly how I found it, but um, definitely off the beaten track for me. But that is one of the reasons I actually wanted to check it out. Uh, this is a fairly recent, uh, very new show called Midnight Mass that is available on Netflix uh, from 2021. And I guess the, the way that I was made aware of it is I was reading some articles recently about like the best TV shows of 2021. And this show was mentioned on some lists, and then I read a little bit of the reviews or kind of why the show was thought of by a fair amount of people, I guess, or uh, critics as a really good show. And it seemed to be pretty intriguing, like combining elements of different genres. Uh, and also, uh, Nyan has mentioned to me that he has watched this as well. Uh, so oh. this will be the first show that actually two of us have seen but Dan has not seen it, so, so I'm going. So this, you you could you call this a a, a a tag team? Whoop! There it is. <laughs> Sprinkles. <We must>. Yes. <laughs> and also considering the fact that Dan and I are Jewish, this is a really interesting uh, uh, show to be reviewing. Um, I don't know. Has uh, have any of you actually been to a midnight mass? Just uh, and generally speaking. I'm not like mass. the ones in this show. Like, <laughs> I, I, I've been to mass, but not mid, I've been to a mass before, but not midnight mass. Okay. I don't think I've actually been to a full on mass. I I, I I was a Boy Scout growing up, so I spent enough time in churches, but I don't think I actually went to mass per se. Yes, and that would be the same for me for sure. So also, I realized after thinking this would be a good show to discuss on the pod that it's also challenging to discuss without uh, revealing too much about the show. Um, so it is something that should definitely, everyone should discover on their own. But I'll try to give kind of a broad overview of how the show starts, which is one of the uh, football players from Friday Night Lights uh, in this show. <laughs> Just say uh, Matt Saracen. Just say that. <laughs> We all know who Matt Saracen is. <laughs> I don't remember like the act. <clears throat> which actors' names go with which characters' names from Friday Night Lights? So that's why I just said that this dude from Friday Night Lights. I think that's that that'll work. Anyway, he uh, is in a drunk driving accident, and he was a the drunk driver who ended up killing someone in an accident, uh, and goes to prison for a little while, and then when he gets out, he returns to his home town, which is this small island called Crockett Island, and. 
he is he was he was very distraught by what happened but also kind of changed his views on religion and kind of how he should think about his life and what he wants to do now that uh that he's kind of re-entering society and so he just moves back home in with his parents and then a priest comes to to the island there the there's it seems like at least based on what i've seen that there's one church pretty much on the whole island. It's, it seems like it's pretty small. And the the priest who was there like, went to uh, went on a trip abroad uh, since he was getting older and, and more frail. So he wanted like, to make a trip to the Holy Land while well, he still could. And in his uh, while he's away in his place, this new younger priest comes in and becomes the new the the new priest at the church. Talks with the Friday Night Lights guy, um, Henry Thomas, who of course was <laughs> Elliot on E.T., is plays his father, which is really weird. Uh, oh, wow. Can I, can I just ask a quick question? Yeah. I just want to make sure Ben Stiller doesn't play a rabbi, does he? Not that I've seen. Not that I've seen. Just want to make sure. Yeah. But yeah, um, his father is played by Henry Thomas, uh, who is Elliot in E.T. I forgot. I didn't. never made that connection. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have recognized him as such um, if I hadn't read read it. Yeah. Uh. And so this show was created and directed by Mike Flanagan, who's done several other series and movies. And so basically, that's all I'm going to say about the plot. But as you can imagine, some crazy stuff happens after after that kind of setup, um, and with with strange things happening on the island, etc. But I was really intrigued by kind of the Really, it, and in, in the the first couple episodes, and I haven't watched all of. I haven't made it to the end of the series yet. It's a limited series, so seven episodes, and that's that's it. That's the whole story, at least uh, you know until they maybe until they decide that it was so successful they want to do another one. But at that's least the whole, that's the whole McGill. You didn't you didn't finish the series? Uh, not yet. No. But what? So why are you pitching something you haven't seen all of? Because uh, I thought it was interesting so far, and we only are talking about two episodes theoretically. That's yeah, it. but I mean, the, I mean, if you're going to pitch something and, and think the the first two episodes are worth it, makes sense to have seen the. I guess my philosophy behind this is different. That it, it you would have to have at least seen enough of it, or at least uh, the entirety of it, if it's only seven episodes, to to justify pitching it. Like to me that I, otherwise, like you don't have the the full sense of the series, and I realize it's different for folks like actual reviewers in real life. But we're big reviewers on a on a very silly podcast. So, I, I how many episodes have you seen? I believe I'm up to, or I've uh, watched the first five. I just haven't been able to finish the last two yet. But okay. I I am fully comfortable and think it's it's fine to talk about this show based on what I've seen so far. <laughs> And why, why, what I think about the episodes that I'm going to recommend that we watch. Oh, okay, I, I disagree with that approach, but okay. Um, so there's a, some of the scenes are really unique and different than a lot of other things that I've watched. So that's what, what I thought was really interesting about it and made it a, a good show so far. Uh, it, there's a lot of just discussion, which is, I guess, not something that happens a lot 
and it, or with, where they have just scenes that are dedicated to um, two people talking in a room for a fairly extended amount of time about things. And so it kind of just breaks up or is, is a different approach than a lot of other shows which focus a lot on kind of plot development through different actions. And it combines that with kind of telling the story and uh, looking at the lives of the people that live on this island. So, so it's like my dinner with Andre, but on an island and with a priest. <laughs> could be, could be. Okay. Um, and there, um, it, it kind of really, it's a slow buildup so far, for sure. And in the first two episodes, which is the ones that I'm recommending, is episodes one and two, uh, to, to set the stage and to give some, you some idea of what might be coming in the future. And I think because of that makes it a good, uh, the, the good episodes to watch to really get you interested in the show and really uh, to kind of uh, makes it so that, um, you you kind of are curious enough and invested enough in the characters by that point to maybe want to continue watching it. So that is kind of what how I found out about the show and why I think it's an interesting show for us to watch and especially for Dan since he hasn't seen any of it. So so do you, do you, am I supposed to uh, you know uh, do the uh, I'm supposed to watch out for uh, specs? Spectacles, you know, etc. While at watch, you know. Uh, I don't quite follow you. Oh, it, it's it's how you it's it's how it's, how, it, it's like kind of uh, it, Alton Powers says spe- uh, spectacles, testicles while at watch, but it, it's <laughs> supposed to, it's it's actually it taken from a uh, uh, I guess a directive on how to properly make the sign of the cross as you're entering in a church apparently. Oh, okay. See that I didn't pick up on that. Oh yeah, that's okay. I mean, again, you know, I mean, again, also, I mean, this is one of the things, you know, I have to say that, you know, I, in eighth grade, we had, you know, social studies, basically, back in the day, uh, we, I think it was eighth grade? I think it was eighth grade. Uh, yeah, it, we we actually did an extensive amount of, you know, discussion and, and study of the various different religions around the world. So even if, I, and, and that coupled with the fact that I, I live in a very, in a very Catholic area, you know, I, I did get I am privy to some stuff that I wouldn't ordinarily be privy to, due to the fact that you know I was, you know, brought up in a, a, a at least a, a more secular Jewish household, so to speak. So it's but it's it, it sounds like that you know, it sounds like you you don't need to understand all that. It sounds like to me, and again, it's uh, for for this or whatnot. But it, I think that it, it sounds like it's creating a very interesting yet mysterious backdrop. Is that fair to say? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, and obviously I don't have very little knowledge, as we just talked about a little while ago, of some of the more intricate parts of Catholicism, but I was still able to follow along uh, pretty well, I think. We're, we're, and, I, mean, we're the, I mean, I mean, can I just ask, are there any, for lack of a better word, come to Jesus moments in the first two episodes? <laughs> I, I can neither confirm nor deny that. I don't know what they were. I don't know if they were, were any. That's all. <laughs> also, the the sheriff on the island is Muslim, and it's him and his son. Him and his son are, theoretically at least, the only two Muslims on the island. 
So they also explore that angle a little bit in terms of what how their what their experience is like uh, being in in a place which is very confined. You know, there, there's uh, in which they are certainly in the minority in terms of the religion that they practice. Yeah. That sheriff is played by uh, iZombies Rahul Kohli, who Dan might oh, remember no from way. Twitter uh, being refer- being a potential uh, uh, actor pl- to play Ezra Bridgers, I believe. Correct, Ezra Bridger from uh, yeah. yeah from Rebels, the live action, who is who has since uh, been actually formally cast from the uh, the, the the fine gentleman who uh, played Aladdin in the live action Aladdin. Oh, oh, that's a shame. But Rahul Kohli shows up in Mike Flanagan stuff a bunch. He's in, I think he's Haunting of Bly Manor, if not uh, also. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah he's definitely in Haunting of Bly Manor. Um, so he, he no, 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 re- no relation to us, someone else we know. No, not not <laughs> Haunting of Bly West Manor, no. Um, so um, that that's a different movie uh, or different series that I'm aware of. But Haunting of Bly Manor is another Mike Flanagan. Uh, I, think, um, I think it was a series right before this one, if I remember correctly. Scott, um, and that Rahul Kohli was definitely in that. It was also on Netflix. Wait, is that why you picked this? What? Because of the haunting of Bly Manor? No, I never saw it. Oh, you oh, see? Okay, so yeah, yeah no, okay. it's the same director. That's because uh, <laughs> I, I thought when you said you you were seeing other, you mentioned that uh, he had done other other movies and TV shows. I wasn't sure you were referring to one thing in particular. That's why I was, yeah, so yeah. I, was, I was wondering: is is there one thing that brought you to the show? Was it was the director? Was it something else? But it, it sounds like to me that just just because it's like there's, I mean, again, I didn't read that same article, uh, uh, Scott, but I I have heard people mention this in conversation. Um, I feel like someone at work might have mentioned mentioned the series by name, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I d- it definitely sounds like there's a lot of you know people that have seen and or talked about this. I mean. It, uh, does anyone know off the top of their head if this is still like in, in like the Netflix top twenty-five or where it is now? Or? Oh, I don't think so. It got really, really popular right around Halloween of last year, and then um, I think it dropped off afterwards. But it was definitely like there was definitely a lot of buzz around it when it came out. I ended up watching it with Kate, who thankfully was Catholic, um, so or um, um, was a practicing Catholic at some point in her life. So that some of this stuff made a little bit more sense, and it actually did. It was helpful. Um, however. Um, Ultimately, this does get real weird and definitely not uh, in, in standard Catholic practices. So uh, it, it gets interesting. We, we end up getting through the whole thing. It's it's an interesting watch. Certainly, I don't want to uh, steal Scott's thunder in that regard in terms of the pitch of it. But um, having seen the entire series, it I, it's an interesting watch. And Scott, I was interested in the by the fact that you 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 noted about you discussed. You, you were pulled into it by all the articles written about Midnight Mass when it came out because on the feedback segment, we're definitely going to have to reference the, the article that popped out the most to me of the fray, which was the Vox.com article, Why I Felt Betrayed by Netflix's Midnight Mass uh, by Asia Romano. Uh, we're definitely going to have to get into that because I actually thought that was an interesting response to, to Midnight Mass generally. And uh, I don't think I agree with the article, but we'll get into that further. But this was an interesting pick, certainly. Um, and uh, it, in that regard, Midnight Mass certainly created quite a bit of controversy, or at least indirectly through that Vox article. Huh. Which, yeah, which I have not read yet, but now I'm in, uh, interested in learning more about it. But Worth yeah, really what, what the reason I wanted to talk about it 
on the podcast is that it's a different show for me. It's it's definitely yeah, not. Yeah, I, I was about to say, this definitely sounds like something, that, you know, like you said at the top of the show, you know, atypical for your choices, for sure. I mean, and, and, yeah. and again, and, and, you know, I, I, I definitely think I, I this, if nothing else, you know, even if, regardless if I do or do not enjoy uh, this when I give it a watch, you know, I, I think that, uh, um, you know, this is kind of cool, a cool kind of point to kind of see. Maybe, maybe I will find a crazy genre that I don't necessarily ever go into and i might just have to just pick something out at random uh, regardless if it's been an article or not maybe just to kind of you know see how things work out and, you know you never know you might come across like a gem you, don't, you never knew about it. yeah exactly exactly uh so and uh, we will try also or at least i will try in the feedback section to only uh, focus on the first two episodes which is what dan should watch but dan if you decide to watch a few more um then uh we'll we'll see well what if we could kind of yeah i mean that's the thing with, with that's that's the thing with some some limited series i mean you know sometimes they, <laughs> it's very easy to get you know pulled in because it's like okay well it's only seven episodes so why don't i just go finish it you know there, there's there's it's kind of a bit of that kind of thing so it, you know there's a lot of um you know yeah so so if, if it does pull me in enough you know i i I wouldn't put my past myself just to say, you know, because I'm I'm a completist at heart, unfortunately, um, that I might just say, you know what, I'm just gonna finish it. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm already you know X percent of the way there. I might as well just finish the route, if you will. Yeah, but I think even just the first two episodes by themselves are interesting, are, are good, good, you know, good uh, or worthwhile to watch. Yeah. I'd support that as well. I, I think two episodes for this particular series is enough to give you the. Um, give you a sense as to whether or not you'd actually enjoy watching it. it interestingly, Hamish Linklater does play one of the, uh, one of the priests. And oh, uh, nice. so in, my, in my head, I just kept thinking uh, of, of his character. For, well, I, I didn't watch new, new adventures, adventures of old Christine. Christine. Yes, yeah. exactly. I was like, Oh, new adventures of old priest. So it was, just, it was <laughs> weird uh, watching Hamish Linklater do all this stuff because I'd seen him that randomly and I, I kept waiting for Clark Gregg to show up, but he never did. Um, oh, man. He, he does not show up in the series. I oh. apologize for that. But you, oh, you've son got of, son of son of Cole, you mean? Yes. yes. <laughs> but man, you've got you've got a zombie. You've got like you've got ET. Like I, I we even start to stop it. Yeah, that, I mean that that, that, yeah. that like kind of blew my mind. Oh, excuse me, was Scott that cut that out later? Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it, and I didn't even realize that some of the other connections to, to uh, other shows from the people in this show. It's kind of yeah. I mean, again, again, again if nothing else. This, this this speaks to like you know, you're given you know, uh, you know, Mike, you know, Flanagan's, you know, you know, his what you mentioned he's done before and what these these people bring to the table. Yeah, I'm definitely excited. And, you know, if I was a betting man, I'd say I would probably not nail this series to the cross. <laughs> that's probably a good good thing <laughs> all right well we, uh, it should be a very uh interesting uh feedback episode for this show again this is midnight mass available on well we tried that brings us to the end of another episode of the watch okay please podcast please join us next week for another exercise in futility in the meantime please rate and review us on itunes or if you didn't listen to, a, to this on iTunes, please complain about us on your social media platform of choice. Good night, everybody. <laughs>